It is Wednesday, May 31st, 2023, and welcome to episode 226 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debate shaking up America. I'm Lester Munson, NSI Senior Fellow, and I'm joined today by Jessica Jones, whose superpowers you should never underestimate, and Jamil Jaffer, NSI's founder and executive director. So earlier this week, uh, the East African nation of Uganda passed one of the world's toughest anti-gay laws that calls for life imprisonment of anyone convicted of homosexuality. Ugandan President Yoweri Museveni signed the Anti-Homosexuality Act on Monday, despite widespread condemnation from many Western governments and human rights activists. There are a number of different provisions of this law regarding certain circumstances and things like that. Uh, in it, But what it basically does is outlaw homosexual behavior. Uh, this is relevant because uh, in Uganda, there is a uh, massive U.S. foreign assistance program known as the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, or PEPFAR. PEPFAR has been a major presence in Uganda for 20 years. It has saved hundreds of thousands of Ugandan lives by preventing the spread of HIV and also helping people who, are, who actually have AIDS uh, live with the disease. This program is one of the, the miracles of U.S. foreign policy, in my view, over the last generations. In fact, effectively saved millions of lives in Africa and other places. Uganda is one of the places that has been uh, most benefited by this effort. Of course, in Africa, as elsewhere, men who have sex with men are one of the vulnerable populations for HIV AIDS. So the this law in Uganda is going to have uh, undoubtedly horrible consequences for the PEPFAR program in that country and for uh, for the success of that program. And there's going to be very negative impacts on uh, Ugandans who are are living with the disease or vulnerable to the virus. Uh, President Biden has condemned this law. He has called it shameful and has said it will impact U.S.-Ugandan relations. Uh, so I think one of the things we're going to want to discuss today is what should the U.S. policy be? And I also also want to note that there was a report from the Heritage Foundation that came out before this became law uh, that effectively, at least in my view, endorses uh, indirectly laws like Uganda's. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a paragraph from this Heritage Report. Although created by a Republican president and despite generally receiving bipartisan support in Congress, PEPFAR has always been controversial, except in cases of rape or maternal transmission, HIV AIDS in the U.S. and in developing countries is primarily a lifestyle disease like those caused by tobacco and as such should be suppressed through education, moral suasion and legal sanctions for conservatives committed to personal responsibility. It also should not enjoy greater priority than deadlier and more unavoidable diseases receive in the allocation of public funds. So end of quote. So effectively, what the Heritage Foundation is saying here is sanctions against behavior like Uganda criminalizing gay sex is the way to deal with the HIV AIDS crisis. This is a catastrophically awful interpretation. The reason this Heritage Report is relevant is because Congress is right now considering the reauthorization for another five years of the PEPFAR program. And let's be clear, the PEPFAR program is probably the most successful, except for the Marshall Plan, maybe the most successful foreign aid program the U.S. government has ever had. Uh, and it would be an incredible tragedy, the human level and, and in many other ways, uh, if the U.S. were to abandon that program now because of insane logic like that demonstrated by the Heritage Foundation and by the things that are happening in Uganda. Uh, and to be clear, I, I, can, I think the Ugandan law is more worthy of condemnation than what the Heritage 
uh, Foundation has done, but the Heritage is effectively, Heritage Foundation is effectively providing support for this position from Uganda, which I, is, is really just awful. So, um, Jones, I want to go to you first and get your reaction to this. What do you, what do you think the U.S. government should be doing in, in response to the new Ugandan law? So first off, Les, I totally agree on the Heritage Report. And I think anytime you, you hear words like life's disease, which this catastrophic life altering disease that's ravaged the lives of millions is, is called a lifestyle disease, like already red flag. I don't, I discredit it and I, I don't even, I can't even keep reading. Like that's a disgusting thing to call it. Um, as to what's going on in Uganda, you know, on one level, it's not all surprising considering they passed kind of similar laws in 2014 during the Obama administration. Um, which was rightly also condemned by the Obama administration. There was both a U.S. and international push to not have that law passed. Just like now, it's failed. It, it moved through the Ugandan legislature. It was signed by the same president that there is currently in Uganda. Um, in 2014, there were um, some visa restrictions. There was there was some cut in in aid to the country in response, um, but. As you, as you know, like PEPFAR is still, it's still getting, you know, U.S. aid. It continues. So I don't know really what the U.S. can do besides condemn it and continue to try to push diplomatically across the world to decriminalize homosexuality. Um, you know, I think I've read 30 out of 54 countries in Africa still criminalize homosexuality. So there's a long ways to go amongst their neighbors. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know how much push the U.S. can do besides, besides keeping critical support like PEPFAR happening. Jamil, uh, it, I, I totally agree with Jones that it's kind of crazy to talk about cutting off assistance or that people will die if, if that happens. I think the question moves to should the U.S. Be, government be sanctioning the people in Uganda who are responsible for this policy? And, and we should note this this policy came you know, through the rule of law. I mean, this was the, the Ugandan parliament passing law, the president signing it. This is not some sort of edict from on high. There's a Dem, you know, uh, democratic process of sorts behind it should. So should we be considering sanctions against Uganda in, in this situation? Well, look, I mean, obviously, uh, the Heritage Foundation is just wrong about this being a lifestyle disease. I mean, the idea that you're comparing HIV AIDS to tobacco is is ridiculous on its face. Um, and, and look, the fact of the matter is that the U.S. should stand by its values and our values and our interests often align and where they align. We should support both our values and our interests. Whether where they're in conflict, we can have a different debate, but that's not an issue here. Our values and our interests uh, align when it comes to uh, the kind of laws that Uganda is passing. Now, that being said, right, I think you have to tread carefully here because if you think about it right, um, this is a, a decision by the Ugandan parliament. As you said, it's got democratic uh, democratic imprimatur to it. Let's be real, though, Uganda, Yuvari Museveni has been in power for you know multiple decades. He's not exactly what you'd call a democratically elected uh, 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 you know leader. Um, but this was passed by the parliament, right? And so the question then becomes: Is do you sanction the members of parliament, Uganda, who voted for it? Do you sanction the president who signed it? And if you do, are you going to sanction them when a Republican president is in office uh, if they pass a law uh, that's that's pro-choice? Right. Because that's a moral issue for the United States or for some people in the United States. It's a moral issue for that country. Um, and the question is, where is that line? Is there a line where abortion is something we don't sanction for or pro-choice or pro-life laws or something we do or don't sanction for? Does that change? We have different presidents. And then are we unified on when it comes to anti-homosexuality laws? There are a lot of countries beyond the ones that Justice mentioned in Africa uh, who, 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 who criminalize homosexuality. The U.S. criminalized it you know, just a few decades ago. And so the question then becomes, 
are we, if we're going to impose sanctions on those legislators, do we do that across the board around the globe? And if so, what does that do to our international relations? I agree with you, Les. There is no way that PEPFAR should not be reauthorized. You're exactly right. It is the, it is the most successful modern uh, U.S. foreign aid program, and it would be crazy um, if people were to uh, if it were to be deauthorized. It's a highly successful program and demonstrates the benefits of American foreign aid. All right. Uh, I largely agree with you, Jamil. I think the best thing we can do right now, Congress should reauthorize for the, the PEPFAR program. The president should sign it. Uh, let's do it in a robust way. And then let's uh, have a conversation about how we should be handling countries like Uganda that pass laws this offensive to our values. Okay, that's a wrap. Thanks to Brooke Aga Khan from NSI and Claude Jennings for their help producing today's episode. Please, please join us again on Friday for another episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debates shaking up America. Fault Lines is also now up on YouTube. So check out our podcast video on NSI's YouTube page. And if you like what you heard and saw, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.